This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Jimmy Otte, Bruce Marshall, executive editor of the Goal Sheet, talking some college football. College football, Brucey, what the hell happened last week? March Madness broke out last Saturday with all those yeah, big majors about- going on the road and winning in Lincoln, a South Bend college station, and almost pulling off the upset against big, bad, badass Alabama. How about the Sun Belt, too, and, and uh, really staking its claim this season? And we already have the first coaching casualty, so all those guys who had the Scott Frost ticket, poor Scott, but uh, he's the first one who walks the plank. He's not going to be the last, Jimmy. This is a new phenomenon in college football. In recent years, more and more coaches have been getting dismissed during the season. That used to rarely happen in college football. It would happen more in the NFL now. That rarely happens in the NFL, but it happens a lot in college football. I dare say we had eight or nine last year before the end of the season, maybe ten. Uh, we've already got one. We haven't even got to mid-September. All right, uh, Bruce, uh, let's look at some of the games. And uh, let's start off with an interesting game here. A, an unranked team in Washington favored over a ranked team, the number 11 team in Michigan State. And Although I think Michigan State was a little bit fortunate last year, a bowl game with a pit, the bad call uh, does, uh, does, uh, cost Michigan seven points uh, right before half in uh, that one. So, uh, Washington, Jimmy Lake, that was a disaster. Kale DeBoer comes in early. Results, uh, results look pretty good, including looking, you know, handling Kent, Kent State much more easily than the Sooners. Washington, a little sailgating here, minus three and a half against Sparty. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember the last time uh, Sparty came into Seattle. It was opening day 1970, and that was a big game for the Huskies, who were coming off a very bad year uh, in 1969, put Jim Owens on some on the hot seat. That was a debut of a quarterback named Sonny Sixkiller. And if you were around back in 1970, you remember what a fuss he made when he came in. It was a big deal, and they blew out the Spartans 42-16. to Michigan State hasn't come back since, but they will be there Saturday. And like you say, I think the Spartans caught every single break last season uh, to win like they did. Credit Mel Tucker, he got them in position to win, and uh, they certainly did take advantage. But their last two games on the road a year ago, Jimmy, uh, they didn't fare all that well against Purdue and Ohio State. Got really uh, slammed in the latter. So, as a true visitor, they had a little bit of problem at the end of last season. It's a much different deal with Washington, like you said. Uh, as you mentioned last year, I, I put all that on Jimmy Lake. He was not, he should not have been the head coach there, and it, it unraveled so bad they got rid of him just before the end of the season. Kalen DeBoer, good hire up from Fresno State. He's got the lefty quarterback in from Indiana, Michael Penix. He looks like he stabilized that situation behind center for the Huskies. Penix has a win over Michigan State in the past. He beat Tucker two years ago when he was still at Indiana. 
and that's changed things for the uh, uh, for the uh, for the Huskies. And uh, th- this number, though, they're not giving Washington any break at three and a half. But I think they, that this is still the side to look at. This is the side I want to roll. I, I'm not quite sold on Michigan State. Everything, like you said, broke well last year. Uh, I took the Huskies here in the gold sheet. We had a 31-24 Washington. This is one of these Pac-12 sides that is really on the upswing this season and why I think the Pac is actually a conference to watch as we move forward. All right, uh, Bruce, uh, let's move on. And Notre Dame was the victim of one of those big upsets. So uh, Marcus Freeman now, 0-3, 0-3. Depending on what number you had uh, for the uh, Fiesta Bowl, I saw one closing line where Oklahoma State was one against Notre Dame. I saw some where Notre Dame was two and a half uh, in that game. But Brian Kelly won 40 of these in a row. Uh, and, well, this should have been one of those uh, for Freeman. Uh, as a uh, as, he, as a betting favorite, they won 40 in a row. Uh, Freeman is 0-1 after Marshall. Learned a long time ago that the Irish will uh, attract public money no matter what, even at a low spot like this. 75% of the tickets at Bet Rivers on Notre Dame, 89% of the money on the Fighting Irish, minus a 10.5 against California. Well, yeah, and that's uh, that's uh, Notre Dame for you. Nice to see uh, the Catholics are still going to the sports books here and they're betting their money <laughs> on uh, Notre Dame. It's been a long time since Cal has been back in South Bend. How about uh, 1967 when Era Parsegian brutalized a bunch of invading Berkeley hippies? 41 to 8. Uh, Ray Wilsey brought Cal in. They have not been back to South Bend since. But here they are getting points on a Saturday. And, and getting points is something that you want to look at when Cal is involved. We, Jimmy, we've talked about this sometimes on our Friday shows locally in Baton Rouge. But you look for these formful teams. And over the course of a couple of years, coaches in particular who have these trends, Cal the, the book on Cal is don't trust the Golden Bears as a favorite, especially at home when they're laying points in Strawberry Canyon. But go with them when they're getting points, 11-4, and four, the last 15 getting points for Justin Wilcox. They've had some problems with their offense the first couple of weeks. They made hard work of UC Davis and UNLV. Jack Plummer, the transfer in from Purdue. But this defense is still granite. And, oh, by the way, Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner, who looked more Blair Keel than Joe Theismann the last couple of, uh, certainly last week anyway, is out with the shoulder injury. So little used Drew Pine, the sophomore, is going to be taking snaps from Marcus Freeman, who, by the way, first Notre Dame coach to start 0-3. You excuse those first two losses, but maybe not last week. Anyway, uh, the stars align here for California. To keep this thing pretty close, we had a 21-16 fighting Irish in the gold sheet. Clear vote for Cal plus underneath the Golden Dome on Saturday. All right, speaking of Baton Rouge, I can't figure out what the uh, alma mater LSU is going to do in this when uh, Mississippi State should be uh, a little bit. LSU's got more resources, more expectations to win. Look, the last three coaches they had uh, won a national championship. No no, no pressure, Brian Kelly. Get it done or get out. Uh, and Mississippi State is probably – no, no, they are. the low. They have the lowest resources of the SEC West. But still, Leach in his third year is doing a really nice job where some people thought it might be a little bit tougher in the big, bad SEC. Third-year quarterback, third-year coach. Um, they look good. He's disciplined. He uh, he takes what the defenses uh, give them. They played straight up against Memphis. He had hit him up for close to ten yards for an attempt. 
Uh, Arizona played uh, deeper coverage, wanted to see if he got impatient and threw it downfield in coverage. He stayed disciplined. It was more like six yards, an attempt against Arizona. But this is a pretty good Mississippi State team. LSU is a work in progress. All, all college teams are a work in progress, more so uh, LSU, because so many new pieces from the head coach to the janitor. I mean, they cleaned house uh, here in Baton Rouge. I don't have a pulse on this one. I think Mississippi State's a little bit better right now. Weather's unseasonably cool down here in Baton Rouge right now. Should be a great crowd. LSU with a home field advantage. Yeah, very interesting. Glad to hear it's a little cooler down there and like out here. So uh, that should be fun for Saturday uh, for Saturday night. You know, uh, Mississippi State, we talk about Leach, but I think we've got to save some room for the defense. Doesn't get a lot of mention down there, but uh, the defense actually helped turn around that game against Arizona last week. A big interception uh, when Arizona was within one score uh, well into the second half. Turned that game around. That's Zach Arnett, Rocky Long Disciple. He's been with Leach for a couple of years now, and the defense has been much better. Uh, for Mississippi State under Leach than it had been previously. So that's one other thing that's keeping Mississippi State in good stead. And you, you mentioned Rodgers, you mentioned that offense. They're running a little bit more the first couple weeks than they did uh, the Memphis and Arizona games than they did last year when they were last uh, bottom ranked nationally running the football. So trying to balance things out a little bit more. LSU, I agree with everything you say. It is a hard read right now. And it was uh, they bounced back very nice against Crosstown Southern U last week. But I think we've seen with Jaden Daniels, those of us who watched him at Arizona State uh, the last few years, I mean, in that first game against Florida State, that was like Daniels' last uh, two, two and a half years at Arizona State compressed into 60 minutes, the bad and the good. But when he's good, he's very good. Uh, All the decisions he made late in that game were right. Uh, It's like he's got some sort of magic when he's going good. And he carried that through against Southern in a brief appearance last week before Brian Kelly uh, cleared the bench. I think Daniels is the real deal. I think he's going to end up winning a lot of games for LSU. They got up to speed, it looked like to me, in the second half of the Florida State game, um, and they might be on their way here. Uh, This has been a visitor series in recent years. Uh, The road team has won the last three, but I I think LSU gets them here, and I'm I'm, I'm thinking this will be a close one for the Tigers. 31-27 might be a very, very entertaining game, but I think Daniels is going to be the guy to watch here. I um I, I like how he finished uh, the Florida State game. Tough to uh, take anything from this other game, minus that, uh, uh, Bruce, you, you may have been reaching for your old uh, tall furry hat and your baton. I mean, the bands were awesome. They were great uh, in, the, in the stands, pregame, postgame, halftime. It was, it was really, really good stuff. All right, has there been a team that's been in more entertaining games? I guess Texas-San Antonio with those two overtime games. But to me, um, man, it's the Pitt Panthers. What a great game in the backyard brawl. Uh, a dropped, a, a dropped a touch. I mean, a dropped uh, first down catch uh, near midfield. West Virginia going for the win and score turns into a pick six the other way, and you lose that one. Tennessee uh, is down ten nothing. Pitt drops an interception in the end zone, and it turns into a deflected uh, interception. Tennessee goes 75 yards. All of a sudden, 17 nothing. No, it's 10-7. Game on, and Tennessee wins and covers in overtime. That comes with a cost. You have that much emotion for 60 full minutes, back-to-back weeks, and then plus some minutes in overtime. Then you make this little lazy trip to a MAC venue in western Michigan. I Bruce, I don't know what you think, but I think this is a, a cause for concern, a tricky spot emotion-wise for the Pitt Panthers. 
Well, I think you're probably right, but there's one other thing to consider here, that Western Michigan came into what was then called Heinz Field and beat Pitt last year. And that was only one of two regular season losses for the Panthers. So you think they'd probably be on their toes this week, though what you say is very true. You can't go to the well like that for two weeks in a row and not have a little bit of a letdown, uh, especially with the, uh, you know, the rivalry game reborn against West Virginia and what you said against Tennessee, a tremendous game last week. So it is all possible. He's also got some concerns about his quarterbacks who were all knocked around in that game last week. Both Slovis and Patty had some questions about their availability for this week um, in Kalamazoo at Waldo Stadium. But uh, this has not been a bad role for Pitt in recent years. They've been able to go out on the road and uh, and win. Uh, the Western Michigan's defense has been more than a little bit leaky thus far. They're allowing over 33 points per game thus far. The revenge angle here, I think, uh, negates the fact that, that Pitt could overlook this game. Uh, but that's not absolute, but that's our thinking on it, uh, and that Pitt – uh, we'll bounce back and avenge that loss from last year at home. Uh, we had a 35-20 to 20 Panthers in Kalamazoo. All right, uh, uh, Bruce. Uh, Purdue and Syracuse. Dino Baber's crew is uh, 2-0 and uh, this year, and uh, the Mississippi State transfer is uh, doing okay. Although it's not the toughest of competition, uh, they were the beneficiary of a big turnover margin against Louisville. Louisville with a nice win last Friday night uh, in Orlando. Uh, against Central Florida. In the carrier dome, we know about Purdue's tough luck on that Thursday night game against Penn State, where they got outscored 21 to nothing in the last two minutes of uh, the combined first and second half. So Purdue goes into Syracuse. Syracuse is a one and a half point favorite here. Sneaky good game of the week. And uh, Dino under a little pressure. I kind of like Dino's attitude. We saw him up at ACC Media Day in Charlotte. He was like, yeah, they go ahead and fire me if they want. You know, they owe me, what, 10 million if they do. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, so he's not that's he's not working under any pressure. And I think he's doing a, he, he's saving his job on the field, too, with what they've done this far. And you talk about uh, Schrader. Um, he's put up some very good numbers and, and he's a mobile quarterback. And Dino has has sort of changed this offense a lot from a few years ago when they were pure spread and air raid and all, and they, they've kind of gone back to spread option and, and running the ball. Sean Tucker was one of the top, if not the top, rushers in the country last year. He's back. He's gaining over 100 yards per game. Like I said, Schrader off to a good start, 79% completions. They've been very good lately against the number at the Carrier Dome, uh, eight of their last 10 uh, covering at home. So, uh, but this game, you know, close to a pick here. Purdue comes in off that, that a tough loss the opening week, and, of course, they bounced back last week against the FCS uh, Indiana State. Um, O'Connell, uh, I'll tell you, a guy who has helped O'Connell out is Charlie Jones, the wide receiver from Iowa. Don't you think Iowa misses him a little bit? Uh, Jones has caught 21 passes through two games for, for Purdue. I think this is actually going to be a pretty good game. Uh, at the Carrier Dome, but we're going to lead with the home side here. I think Dino's got something going, and the fact Tucker is there to balance things out a little bit more, and I like Schrader. I think he's a good dynamic quarterback, can run and throw. He's throwing much better now uh, this season. 34-27, Syracuse in the sneaky good game of the week at the Carrier Dome. South Carolina um, got uh, leaned on pretty good by those hogs, so well, it was a little Brett Bielema, but it says Pittman's an offensive line coach. Uh, as well, and he loves the rush of yards. They outgained South Carolina on the ground 295 to 40. 295 to 40. Uh, Rattler did not quit. Uh, they were close to backdoor in that thing, 
and uh, and and put up some numbers uh, in, in some uh, during regular time, some kind of mop up time. Uh, South Carolina now back home at Williams Bryce Stadium. The Georgia Bulldogs are twenty four and a half point favorites on the road here in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, they're making us pay for Georgia if we want the Bulldogs here. And, and you're right about Rattler, although I, I think a lot of those yards he got last week, Arkansas started to play much looser when that game, when they had the big lead in the game, and, and Rattler did put up some numbers late in the game. Uh, he had not he had been rather underwhelming uh, the first game and a half or into the third quarter last week uh, in, in his South Carolina career. So that's a little bit of a concern for the Gamecocks. Of course, they had the block punts the first week against Georgia State. So, uh, what we got here, um, Georgia comes in. We know that, I mean, they're, no, they're split number one right now. What I like last week about that game against Samford, uh, you see a lot of teams when you outman uh, the opposition. And, and through years we've seen this. You used to see Bo Schembechler do this at Michigan. Woody Hayes did it. Lots of coaches. When you outman a team and you just try to smash mouth them into smithereens and overpower them, I'm not sure how much that good that does your team down the road. Uh, you saw Kirby last week in this offense. Uh, they, they let uh, Stetson Bennett throw the ball in the first half. and They were working on things that they are going to need for the rest of the season to beat SEC caliber opposition and top-level teams. They were throwing the ball against Samford in the first half. He took his foot off the pedal in the second half, but Bennett ended up throwing for over for, for 300 yards last week. So they, they weren't just knocking uh, uh, Samford down. They were actually working on some stuff that will help them as the season progresses. And this defense right now, Will Muschamp uh, has got these guys playing as well as he did last year. And, oh, by the way, this is sort of a big game for Will Muschamp, too, because these are the guys who fired him up at Williams-Brice a couple of years ago. Speaking of Williams-Brice, venue has meant something in this series in recent years. Road team has covered six straight. South Carolina even snuck inside a very big number with a late score last year, tween the hedges. So even though this number looks pretty big, Georgia looks like it's able to name a score, and I'm going to take a lead. That's going to be the case. 39-7, Georgia is my score forecast here. I am rolling with the dogs, and I think Stetson Bennett is right there in the Heisman conversation. Well, I don't think there's any doubt uh, about that. Uh, you mean, uh, you know, the quarterback of the best team. Uh, it's happened. There's, there's been some, uh, some quarterbacks that were not ex- uh, far from special that uh, got, the, got the award. Because they were the quarterback of the best team, and uh, Georgia started out number three. They are now up to number one uh, in the rankings. Talking about uh, lame duck coaches, it's Carl Durrell, uh, one of those guys uh, at Colorado. They got drilled by. How about how about a Pac-12 team just being completely outclassed uh, by Air Force? Air Force in our Mountain West Conference preview, we like them to win the conference. We let, we had them over eight and a half. That's one of our better ones right now. Minnesota row the boat, 27-and-a-half-point favorites at home, Bruce, against Colorado. The best thing that happened to Carl Durrell uh, in the past week was watching Nathaniel Hackett uh, mess up the Broncos game on Monday night. <laughs> so that means everybody at the Denver Post and all on the front range, they've been just yelling about the Broncos all week uh, when they normally would be yelling about the Buffs after they got their uh, hats handed to them by Air Force. So 435 rush yards for the Falcons. That was a vicious beating. 
But that's uh, what's going on right now at Colorado. Um, my friend uh, Mark Kisler wrote a story about the, the, the Buffs after the Saturday loss. He, he said Colorado's as dead as a doornail right now, and I think they are. The offense isn't working. A couple of the transfer quarterbacks have not been able to deliver. Shrout in particular uh, has, has not been able to ignite this offense, and Lewis, the holdover, is just not that effective. They just don't score any points. Last year, Minnesota came into Boulder, and you talk about a beatdown. Over 400 yards of offense, 277 yards rushing. And Colorado, only 63 yards of offense in that game last year. Six first downs, 30 to nothing. Minnesota took it easy. It could have been worse than that. I think Minnesota or Illinois might end up being the team to win uh, the Big Ten West. Uh, they're they're back. They got key guys back. Mo Ibrahim, who missed most of last year, thousand yard rusher in the COVID season when there were fewer games two years ago. He's back. He's gaining over hundred yards per game. Morgan, the quarterback, is there, and the defense is solid. They will batter Colorado this week. Forty one to six is our score forecast there, and uh, for the Go- Golden Gophers. And your guess is as good as mine. At how long Carl Dorrell lasts? Uh, I think uh, by the time the Avs open up defense of the Stanley Cup next month in Denver, Darrell might be gone. So keep an eye on that situation. Yeah, he's not not probably going to do as well as the the guy he replaced at Colorado. One bad season, got out, and got a great deal at Michigan State. Then he used the uh, the LSU opening to get a sweeter deal. So uh, Mel Tucker uh, being taken care of pretty good uh, at East Lansing. All right, a final one we're going to talk about today, Bruce, and that is uh, Houston. What? What? Come on, Dana Holgerson. I mean, Tilton Fertitta. I don't know. Is it Dana? Come to my steak, Vic and Anthony Steakhouse. Uh, come to by the pool at the Golden Nugget Resort. Whatever. Let's have a talk. So, why did you kick a field goal in overtime when they scored a touchdown? Well, I didn't know they were going to score a touchdown. That's why you go second. Two weeks in a row, Bruce, he's done it. He chooses the ball first in overtime. He got away with it to Texas San Antonio. It cost him this week against uh, against Texas Tech. I mean, quit out smart in the room. I mean, no excuse for that whatsoever. So they come back after two road games and um, overtime games at one and one, laying nine against Kansas. Les Miles, well, he's not missed in Lawrence, Kansas, that's for sure. I was surprised. I wasn't surprised that Kansas played with West Virginia. To beat them over there, that was a big surprise to me. Houston 9 at home in their on-campus stadium against Kansas. The much-improved Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, Jimmy, uh, this is one of my favorite teams to watch right now. I'm not talking about Houston. I'm talking about Kansas and one of my favorite coaches. He's right up there with Troy Calhoun and a few others for me. And this is Lance Leopold. And what he's doing here at Kansas is nothing short of remarkable. You mentioned what he inherited from Les Miles. That was a real, real mess. And Leopold took that job late. Remember, they didn't fire Les right after the 2020 season. That waited till the spring. Right. And it was at the end of April when Leopold took over. So they didn't have much time to get things in place last year. But by the end of the season, Kansas wasn't playing all that badly. Covered point spreads last three, including an upset win at Texas, who they have given some problems to in recent years. They've continued this season. Uh, they've won their first two rousing win in overtime last week against West Virginia, including a pick six to end the game. So that uh, inflated the scoreline a bit. But still, Kansas is scoring 56 points per game. The only Kansas teams that usually score that much are Bill Self's Hoopsters. 
Leopold is a great coach. So this is five straight spread covers they have till, since last season. They're off to a 2-0 and start. Jalen Daniels, the quarterback, was in there late last season uh, when they were covering those games in November. He's given them some steady leadership there. His numbers look very good, and they are balancing the offense. They're running for almost 250 yards per game thus far. They ran pretty well against West Virginia last week. And, oh, by the way, we talk about Leopold. Yeah, the job he did at Buffalo was outstanding. How about before that, Wisconsin-Whitewater? He was 109-6, and and he won, I think, five of six D3 titles. I mean, Gino Ariema is the only coach who had a record like that. This guy knows how to coach. He knows how to win. Kansas has a shot here. Uh, 34-31 Houston is our score forecast, but there's enough cushion in the number to give Kansas a recommendation at that price. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas takes this to overtime. Houston's used to that, and maybe Leopold beats him again. This team is good. Leopold is an early sneaky Coach of the Year candidate by me. Well, uh, plus 235 uh, at the money line as well. And if it does get an overtime advantage, Kansas, because they have the ball last, you know, back-to-back times. So I just uh, – that uh, Holgerson is – there's no excuse for that, 100% uh, at all. Bruce Marshall, again, executive editor of the Goal Sheet uh, each and every week with us here on Sports Better's Paradise, uh, reviewing his picks again in reverse order. Kansas plus a nine. Minnesota minus the bus load there. Georgia minus the bus load. Yep. Syracuse, mm-hmm. right, uh, Brucey? You had Syracuse uh, in Babers at home against Purdue. Pitt against uh, Western Michigan, a revenge spot, uh, even though they might be a little bit on fumes after those two games. LSU. Uh, Washington and Cal plus Notre Dame. So Notre Dame still getting public action after losing at home to a Marshall. For Bruce Marshall, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel.